It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My two CEO guests today are Francesco Bali and Ignacio Garcia Menocal, co-founders and co-chief executive officers of Grove Bay Hospitality Group. They founded the group back in 2010 and currently have successfully launched an array of chef-driven restaurants in the Miami area, nine in total, and bracing to launch another five by the end of 2020. The two gentlemen have known each other since they've been 15 years old, went to the University of Florida and achieved their accounting degrees, and went on to Florida's International University to achieve their master's. Francesco and Ignacio, welcome into the corner office. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for having us. <laughs> well, this is great. As I said uh, in our little introduction, this is the first time we've had co-CEOs, and I know you guys have, have, have known each other for a, a real long time. Uh, so we're going to start maybe with uh, telling you both of us, or rather have you both tell us a little bit about your early years. And Francesco, why don't you talk about uh, you for a minute? Tell us where you grew up and what part of the country you're from and, and a little bit about your early life before you and Ignacio met. Uh, well, thanks again, uh, Brent, for having us on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Ignacio and I are very excited about it. Um, I was born and raised in Miami. Actually, my uh, my my uh, parents were immigrants from uh, uh, Peru. Uh, they oh, were born right. they were born in Lima, Peru. Uh, but the family awesome. on, on both sides are, are Italian. Um, they uh, they they uh, immigrated in 1972 71 uh, to California and uh, made their way two short years after that to Miami. Uh, my dad is a uh, an architect and a builder, and and um, oh. he uh, he came to Miami to open uh, an architectural office that he was working at in uh, California, and and uh, he decided to start his new life here in Miami, and um, and uh, and start his family. I have two older brothers um, that are also in the in the family business. Uh, uh, one, the older brother is an architect and builder, followed my my uh, my dad's footsteps. My other brother is also a builder, uh, all custom homes basically. Um, and as I grew up, uh, you know, I kind of asked myself, what, what, what was I going to do? <laughs> right, uh, right. you know, it, it uh, they all kind of followed the family business. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, it was, it was, a it was a, it was a big question mark for, for me in terms of. Yeah, you got to cut your own path, path right? That's, yeah, that's one of yeah. the, uh, things of the younger siblings, you know, Cor the older typically correct, follow in the footsteps correct. of the parents. And yeah, they were, cool. they were quite older than me. They were 12 and 10 years older than me. Oh, so yeah. I had, I had a great, uh, sort of, uh, preview to, to life 10 years ahead of me. Uh, you know, as, as I was 10, they were 20 and, you know, doing right, what, sure. what 20 year olds do and so on and so forth. So I've, it's been a great, uh, uh, experience for me to have two older brothers like that, uh, in terms of life and everything. 
but um uh growing up my you know my dad uh, my dad was always pretty much worked for himself uh, except for three years in, in the beginning uh he worked for an architectural firm after that he started his own his own firm so growing up uh, you know it was always sort of it was always a very entrepreneurial environment for me um and so being your own boss or, or having your own business was always something that was uh, uh for me was going to be part of my life but i didn't Got know it. how and when uh um, right, right yeah so cool well we'll get to that a bit later ignacio mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself do you also come from a family that uh, immigrated to the u.s I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, very similar story. So my parents uh, were born in Cuba, and they came okay. here when they were teenagers. You know, they they uh, moved to Miami, and like a lot of, uh, of you know, of did they did they immigrate? Was it refugees? What what was their refugees? Status? Yeah, refugees. Yeah. You know, so they came yeah. after after the revolution, the like yeah, many right. other uh, Cubans had to flee the country. You know, right, so they came right. with with really nothing but other than the you know clothes they were wearing, shirts on their back. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and they worked you know worked really hard. My dad became an executive at a at a national bank, but it was that uh, that that hard work and that and that dedication that he had that he that he kind of instilled in me from from an early age that you know nothing's ever given to you that you have to work yeah. for for everything that you have. Yeah, well, you guys are great stories. Uh, first generation Cal uh, uh, Americans, which is yep. so cool. That's right. So so you guys met, as I understand it, when you were in your teens in high school. Did you kind of grow up in the same community? Were you were you living nearby each other? Fairly, yeah. I mean, yeah. We we're all, you know, both in Miami and and right. uh, fairly pretty much. Our 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 friends became friends, you know, and and okay. uh, we were very fortunate. Frankly, when we look back, we always tell each other it's it's amazing because we <laughs> we formed a, a a friendship of about I would say what about 15, 20 guys in high school, Ig. Yeah, that nice. that yeah. you know we're very close, and we actually all almost all of us went together to college too. So we were, wow. we never joined a frat. We, we basically had our own frat. You had your own, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Cool. So cool. it was a close knit. Yeah. And you guys were around 14, 15 years old, I think you'd said earlier, right? When you first met. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah. that's right. And, and it was funny because even at an early age, I was saw uh, in, in Francesco this, like you mentioned earlier, this this drive to to be a, an uh, entrepreneur. And he was always looking for the next business or for the next thing All to right. do. And I was like, if I'm ever going to partner with any of my 15 friends, <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> He's the guy. That's yeah. so cool. And sure well, enough, did you guys do some? Did you guys do some entrepreneurial things when you were in high school? I didn't, but you know, but uh, but uh, he did, Francesco. If you want to <laughs> yeah, tell him, yeah, I was about a little it. bit of a serial. I was yeah. a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I had I almost had a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have I, a program for that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of things were you doing, Francesco? Unfor unfortunately, nothing really took off. But I tried. To, <laughs> I tried to start a t-shirt company. I right. I started buying, importing some products from Peru and trying to sell them. And uh, sometimes out of the trunk of my car after school, and you know, I, I, it was it was uh, it was a couple of uh, fail, you know, few failed attempts. But you know, it, uh, always trying to start some sort of business. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in high school and college, you know, as as the uh, as as the internet started to boom, you know, thinking about what kind of online uh, websites we could start, we're on the verge of maybe launching like a a, a baby uh, website uh, oh. uh, during college and stuff. But yeah, it was a little and and to Ignacio's point, you know, I I had the same sort of reaction, you know, in in high school. I I knew that out of all my friends, because let's face it, in high school it's high school, right? In college it's college. Out of all my <laughs> friends, I knew Ignacio was like the the person that I would partner with too because he was he was uh he you know he had his head straight and uh and obviously had his uh, the same core values that that uh that we shared. Ignacio, what did you see in Francesco at that age? Well, I just saw a 
a drive to be successful and uh and no matter how many times he failed mm. um he just kept going and i think that's really the the essence of a great entrepreneur and of a great leader right yeah. um uh, nobody never give up. yeah never give up and 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 i i've never read a book or heard a a successful ceo say that they've never had failures everybody right. has but it's a matter That's of keep right. going now i was smart enough to wait till he had all his failures <laughs> before you partnered up before i partnered up so that's uh that's the moral of the story i guess yeah. but um, but no yeah. but uh yeah. luckily we've done very well together <laughs> yeah. and the company's doing great when you were growing up ignacio who who were some of the folks that inspired you well, really, my my father, you know, like I said yeah. early, you know, he he really from a very early age, he he instilled in me the meaning of uh, hard work, mm. uh, integrity, and you know, uh, responsibility. Um, and, and I think that carried me through high school, and you know, getting good grades in high school and college, and you know, eventually through your career, uh, through my career. So, yeah, I would say my father, Francesco. What about you? Yeah, similarly, I would say my father. You know, there was never a doubt in our household that we were going to college and masters and, you know, moving forward and that we were going to be successful. Like that was the American dream. That was not an option. You know, my dad made it always clear to us that he came to the States for a reason. Uh, Fortunately for him, he he wasn't a refugee, but Peru was not doing well at that time. And he decided to pick up his stuff and leave for a reason. Right. So he always made it clear to us why he came here. So it was very, you know, it was it was him and and same yeah. same integrity, hard work, responsibility. I mean, those were the core uh, of the same thing growing up. And and seeing my brother right out of school start his own business just again solidified the fact that that's our destiny. That's 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 what we need to do. That's what I need to do. Is that where the entrepreneurial drive came from? Was it older brother? Or were there other other mentors or or folks uh, you know that you identified with in terms of you know pursuing the t shirt and some of those other. Uh, things that you failed at. I think. <laughs> right. I, th- I think it came from learning a little bit about my grandfather on my on my mother's side. My, my, what did he uh, do? So so my my uh, my mother's uh, uh, father had two older brothers as well, and I I realized when she told me the whole story, I I connected with him a lot because he also was the youngest of three, okay. also similarly by ten and twelve years older. Um, and they 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 came from Italy to Peru, and and their two older brothers were not educated. Um, but they worked and started a, a company that manufactured uh, household goods, basically, and leather huh. goods in, in, in Lima and, and became millionaires uh, in, in, wow. in, in Lima. And they put their younger brother through school and coincidentally, became, he became the accountant for the family, the, the CPA. Huh. Yeah. And so we're going to get to this. But Ignacio is the reason why I studied accounting. He, he, uh, he actually, uh, I credit him with that. And he guided me because I was always a very... Uh, not not clear in terms of what to study in college and and mm. and uh, and but when I made that connection with my grandfather, I would said this must be it. So yeah, awesome, uh, Ignacio. Were you a good student in school? I was. Yeah, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the expectation was was pretty high. Uh, right. You know, from my father, so I graduated. Uh, you know, with honors and uh, and I you know graduated with a with a good GPA and I went to a good college and. And I think, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm doing the same thing with my kids now. It's the expectation of always trying your best. And if you always try your best mm-hmm. from an early age, whether it's in sports or whether it's in school, those habits uh, carry forward to to your, you know, to your professional career. Um, and that and that only leads to good things, you know. 
Francesco, what type of extracurricular activities are you involved with, other than your entrepreneurial events? Were, were you involved in sports, music, theater, other types of things? A very a, a few things. I mean, not at school necessarily. I, I did. Uh, I was involved with Taekwondo a little bit when I was in my younger years. I I played tennis uh, also during college. I mean, during uh, high school um, and and college, picked up golf. But I, I was never really a, a, a sports a guy. Actually, amongst all my friends, I mean, it's the it's the joke because I never knew what the score was of the big game, or <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't have an interest in it. Like I almost right. I spent more time thinking about. <laughs> what kind of business I could start, I guess. Right, uh, right. But, but, uh, but I, I actually wish I was more involved, you know, looking back, you know, and I'm trying to do that with my kids now too, but yeah. um, I wasn't as, as involved as most of my friends. Well, it sounds like it was a foregone conclusion and a family expectation for both your sides that you guys go to college. Uh, did, did you both go to the same university? We did. And did you have like an influence on each other with regards to where you'd going? I know that you spoke about the accounting uh, direction that Ignacio inspired you for, Francesco. Did you guys talk about what school you go to or was it just kind of foregone conclusion? As a group of friends, uh, all of us graduating from high school, we all decided that we wanted to go to the same school so we can, right. you know, so we can continue the friendships. Stay together. And, yeah, yeah cool. stay together. So we ended up picking the uh, University of Florida because it was uh, away sure. from home, but not that far that we, we could always come back in case we needed something. So, right, um, right. so you know, so we all went now, Is that there. the Gators? I'm trying to remember. That's right. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's the Gators. Yeah. The famous Gatorade. Uh, the fa the yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That, that was before our time, but yeah, for sure. For sure. That was... Uh, that was invented there but um so yeah so we all we all decided to stick together and we just went up uh five hours north from miami and we we, we ended up in gainesville and francesco said he studied accounting ignacio what did you study well i i i studied accounting and i actually was the one who who got him into it but i actually okay. studied accounting for the wrong reasons believe it or not and you know <laughs> life it's an interesting funny, story yeah, yeah life has a funny way of coming around so i actually wanted to join the fbi when i was in, co in, no uh, in college believe it or wow. not yeah and wow. at the and at the time accounting was one of the four ways that you could get hired by the fbi and then when I decided that I wasn't going to do that, I was left with an accounting degree and trying to figure out what I was going to do at the time. But so, you know, things happen for a reason uh, and you just have to kind of find your way through life. And uh, and I'm so glad things, you know, worked out the way they did. But so, so even well, though- Tell I us, I want to hear a little bit about the FBI motivation. What what, what was the uh, yeah, uh, it, inspiration it was, you know, around that? Just, uh, I, was, uh, I was young and it was one of those things that I, that I wanted to serve my country and, yeah. and, you know, and do something good for the country. And I thought awesome. it would be an interesting thing to do um, with an accounting background uh, within the FBI, you know, you would specialize in, you know, white collar crime. So, right, so, right. so I thought that would be interesting. Uh, my dad was definitely against that. <laughs> that that was uh, what he had in mind for me, but um, but I ended up, you know, ended up not doing that. And then I was like, well, shoot, I have an accounting degree. What do I do? So I ended up joining right. Deloitte and Touche, one of the big okay. six at the time. Sure, yeah. yeah. So you kind of went into their audit and did did your uh, yeah. training there, right? Cool, right. What right. was your first job, Francesco, out of college? Uh, it was also uh, Ernst and Young. Uh, okay. I went. I went to public wow. accounting myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I you know, I always admired uh, uh, Ignacio for one, th one for many things. But one of the things I, I admired him about was that he he had conviction about what he wanted to do, mm -hmm. and he he knew what he wanted to do. I, I got to school and I was like, "What do I do?" Like, and and he helped me. You know, like I I was 
I, I was, I didn't have a major for probably the first year okay. and everybody was like, pick a major, pick a major. And, and, um, and then it was like, I think I was in journalism and then I was in marketing <laughs> and it was, I think a sophomore year that, that, uh, we were hanging out or whatnot. And, and, and Ignacio kind of made a real great case for, for studying accounting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, but right out of school, uh, same, same thing. It was, I think one of the best things I think we did, uh, was oh, work having for one a of those strong numbers background. Accounting. Yeah. Particularly yeah. as an entrepreneur, right. Is, is yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. That's terrific. Do you guys, uh, Francesco continue with you a minute. Do you remember the first time you started managing people? It, it, in Ernst and Young, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say probably the second year. Yeah, you wow. know what's what's amazing, and Ignacio will probably uh, share some experiences with uh, Deloitte too. Is what's amazing about those public accounting firms is that from day one they treat you like a professional. Yeah, and yeah. and Threw you uh, into the deep end, right? Yeah, My my boss at one point always said, you know, baptism by fire. It was right. it was uh, it, it, you you had to figure it out, and they gave you all the tools and support that you needed to do it. But it was always about figuring things out, figuring problems out. And, and as long as you moved along and, and showed work ethic and, and obviously got the job done, there were opportunities to move up. So very quickly, I would say in, in the second year, you're, you started to manage people, you know, either intern, you know, interns or first year staff. Uh, but very early on, it was all about being a leader. Uh, those firms were, were, were very big in that. And, and I think that was it's a big reason why we're successful today is, is the, the core values that we took away from those big four firms. Ignacio, while you were at a different firm, I'm sure their training and their development was very similar. What, what were some of the earliest leadership lessons you learned uh, from being on the job there at Ernst & Young? Um, yeah, yeah, very similar to Ernst & Young. Uh, and at an early age, I think I was 25 years old when I was, uh, um, when I got uh, tasked to uh, lead a team of three. And, you know, that you don't, you don't get taught to be a leader. You know, that's something that you develop. So early on, I thought, well, I'm, I'm leading this team. So I felt like I had to lead from, from a position of strength and of, you know, uh, and, of, and of telling everybody what to do. And, and, I've, and I've realized over time and really early on as I, as I, uh, um, as I led different teams within Deloitte, uh, and as you mature, you realize that as a leader, uh, that great leaders lead from a position of humility and of mm. and of and of servant leadership, and that's Absolutely. and that's how I've really changed, you know, over the years from that from yeah. the first uh, you know time that I had to lead people. Um, yeah. Francesco, how has your leadership, uh, you know, thinking evolved over time? It's it's somewhat similar. It's it's true. The you know the first thing you think out the, out of the gate is you know I gotta I gotta tell everybody what to do. I, I gotta be the smartest person in the room. You know, um, and that's just not the case. The the reality is 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 uh, you know you gotta you gotta lead uh, you gotta lead by example. You gotta mm -hmm. you gotta mm -hmm. lead with humil humility and and you gotta involve people in in figuring out the, the solutions right and and i think uh i think that really makes you become the leader that that people will look up to and follow because you're respecting them you're you're treating them uh equally uh, you're you're involving them in the the, the, the solution uh, uh and so yeah it's it i had a, a similar experience you know but but those firms also you know again uh a, a lot of the people that i worked with uh higher ups you know provided those examples, you know, for right. us to, right. to see and go, okay, yeah, this guy's, you know, he's been here five years. He's, he's not telling me what to do. He's, 
he's really involving me. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's taking you know, Francesca, me you mentioned something good and, and it's important to, to point that out. You know, we, we get mentored and we've course learned a lot from those that manage us, but there's also folks that we work for that we go, Hmm, that's probably a behavior I never want to exhibit myself. <laughs> Share with us maybe a couple of lessons and you don't need to mention any names of, of perhaps former bosses or behavior where you said, yeah, you know, that was a good lesson learned. Cause I never want to be that way. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a tough one. Well, it's not that tough, I guess. I mean, I, I <laughs> not at Ernst and Young, uh, quite frankly, I, I have to say everyone that I ever worked with there was, uh, incredibly professional, but I, I did, I did, I was a CFO at a, at a company that we had a lot of executive meetings with foreign, you know, executives, uh, let's say, and their practices were completely different than American yeah. practices. Yeah. And, uh, starting with p- just basic stuff like respect. Uh, and mm. so, you know, I think, you know, we, we, it, it's, it's fundamental to what we do. And sometimes when you hear it out loud, you're saying, you would say to yourself, well, that's obvious, you know, treat people with respect and dignity. Right. But the reality is, is that it's not that common. Well, and when you, when, and when you see it not being displayed, it really hits home, doesn't it? It really hits home. Yeah. And unfortunately I was, uh, I, you know, at, at a C level, you know, listen to you, know, I'm sitting in this conference room and listen, I'm a, I'm a C level executive. I got to, it is what it is. I'm taking it. But but uh, but then to your point, you see it and you're like, that's definitely not the way I'm going to be. What about you, Ignacio? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things that I uh, that I think are really important to be a to be a leader and to be a CEO. And 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 one of the two was actually I've I've kind of learned it from a, from a bad experience. But mm. uh, you know you know so you know let me start with the two. Uh, I think as of as of as I've grown as a leader, uh, I think to be a good CEO or a good leader, there there are really two things that you have to do well. Uh, one of them is uh, you know making decisions. You have to be able to make good decisions in a timely manner with imperfect information. You know, mm. so so I would say that I get paid to make five or ten decisions a day that will have a a future positive or negative impact in um, in the company. So you know, making good decisions is really important. Uh, um, and then the second one is uh, reliability. Uh, your team really needs to know that you're reliable and consistent. You know, they need to be able to trust that when you say something, that you mean it, and they will follow through with it. Um, and, and and that kind of relates back to probably probably the worst boss I ever worked with. Uh, he <laughs> had a habit of saying or promising one mm-hmm. thing and doing the exact opposite. And I saw the damage that that does to a company uh, and whether he's doing it intentionally or not, it really doesn't matter because at that point it creates a culture of, of uh, people not trusting each other disrespect and, uh, and, and, yeah. and also disrespect. And, and that, and that, and that's just, uh, and it's just a terrible way to go. Well, sometimes some of those lessons are the ones that hit the hardest and, uh, right. you know, we never know what, what, what's in front of us with those types of things, but they That's are right. things that stick with us. Um, so, so let's fast forward a little bit. I know you guys uh, kind of, kind of, you know, went down a similar path with different companies in accounting. Both of you kind of went into finance positions. What brought you back together? Tell us a little bit about then, Ignacio. Well, we, we, you know, it's funny how our paths have kind of been, uh, you know, you know, very similar. Uh, Francesco was a CFO of a of a uh, hospitality company. You know, mm-hmm. like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and I was a CFO of also of another hospitality company here in Miami. <laughs> and I think one day we looked at each other, and at that point, you know, we had you know quite a bit of experience, and we kind of said, "Hey, uh, why don't we stop making money for other people and kind of do this ourselves?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You, you know, were, were you guys in restaurants at that time, or was it we hotels? Were. What? Yeah, okay. Got it. Restaurants. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're both in the restaurant business. Were you competing groups? 
Um, no, uh, Francesco was in the uh, airport concessions, and okay. I and yeah. I was more in the uh, on the uh, street side uh, right. part of it. So uh, we just decided to to kind of st- you know start this company uh, from day one. With you know we started with a with a mission statement and with core values, and we kind of mm. took everything that we have learned through all the years of experience that we liked and that we didn't like, like you know some of the bad experiences that we that we talked about earlier, and say okay, that's not what we're gonna do, and this is how we're gonna build our company. Um, and, and, and I think that was super important for us now that we're 450 people to build a culture yeah. and our, and our core values early on so that it can, you know, carry us forward. And that was Grove Bay, correct? That is Grove Bay Hospitality Group. Correct. Yeah. Francesco, did you invest your own money? Did you guys, you know, kind of pool funds? Did you go to outside investors? How did you kind of get started with this uh, venture? So we were uh, we were fortunate to be uh, to be blessed with a great group of of investors that are also local guys that mm. also went to similar schools and similar okay. backgrounds in our community. Some of the same group of fifteen that you guys knew back. Uh, so, in high school? no, not the same. Not the okay. same age. Uh, they're slightly older than us. Older. Uh, yep, a little older, but you know, mo- mostly in real estate development uh, and uh, and just you know, real estate uh, holdings. Uh, you know, probably about maybe. You know, five to ten years older than us, depending on which one you look at. But all right. great guys, and 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 we came to them with this business plan for one restaurant, and uh, and it made sense, you know. And they they obviously looked at our background, and all the all the all the all the pieces fit, and mm. and they uh, they decided to take a chance on us, which was great, yeah. you know. And then fortunately, it's a testament to us and to our test our, our our overall organization you know, that they kept funding us throughout our growth, you know. And 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 they've been great partners as well in the sense that you know we really we you know we always had it in in our control in terms of the the business but there's always investors that love to uh get more involved than they should or want or you know whatnot these guys really had a huge trust uh in us and and uh and we were we were so we we were uh, and uh, local guys so we did that for the first restaurant uh we we ponied up uh some money of our own as well Mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. uh you know it Part my, part of my investment was also I kind of I would at the time I was with I was with this uh, airport concession business and and uh, I'd been there just under three years but it felt like six because we took the company from basically nothing to two hundred million dollars in, in wow. three years and I was ready like to, to for the next thing and when Ignacio and I were talking about opening a restaurant I I, I jumped you know I yeah. I, uh, awesome. I was I, I was ready to do it so. Um, my time was sort of my investment because obviously I couldn't just get paid the same salary that I was making at that, at that position, but I was okay with it. Uh, cause I, I felt like we were going to do big things. And that's an important thing to note, Brent, you know, mm. that we, that we both took a huge compensation cuts from I being, can imagine. Yeah, right. from being in companies and, you know, getting a salary to kind of when we went over on our own, I mean, it was a big, big, uh, leap of faith, but again, we had faith in ourselves. We had faith yeah. in our experience that we can uh, that we could do this. Uh, Francesco uh, uh, Ignacio talked a little bit about developing core values in your mission. How did you guys go about doing that? You know, I got I got to merit uh, Ignacio with a lot of a lot of uh, the credit for it because the the I I. I I could say I read books, but I, I wouldn't do it justice to what Ignacio reads. Ignacio reads t- tons of books. And um, I read a few here and there. The ones that he tells me are absolutely amazing, and, and, but he reads so much. And, um, and, and I, think it was, uh, I think it was a combination of, of, uh, of books that he was reading about, particularly uh, Simon Sinek uh, about- uh, Oh, he's about fantastic. The, about yeah. why. 
And, and, uh, and, and it kind of, Ignacio kind of led the charge in terms of saying, you know, we, we need to, we need to establish some core values of this mm. business, you know, and, and really say, set the tone, uh, from the mission statement. And, and it's funny because at that point we had a mission statement, but once we looked at it from the Simon Sinek eyes, we realized what our mission statement was more of about what we do right, uh, or right. more, more like the result. It was, you know, something traditional, right. And, you know, become the premier restaurant industry group of the Miami, you know, and it was like, when you read it out loud, you just kind of realized that, that uh, it, it was really the result of what we wanted to do. It wasn't why yeah. we do it every day. And so we sat together and really, really uh, mm. thought up of one. And we, we landed on, on uh, enhancing people's lives every day, you know, one, one person mm. in one neighborhood at a time. Uh, and that's why we get up in the morning, right? Yeah. Is, is to awesome. ha- enhance people's lives. And then, and then after that mission statement, it, there was also core values. Those core values were there from day one, uh, which were which were based on on uh, ex- providing exceptional hospitality to our guests, yeah. uh, people focused, which has to do with, obviously with our team members and and how right. we how we make them a, a focus within our organization. And then community and corporate citizenship in terms of not just cutting a check to, to support the community, but actually mm. putting time and effort into it. Um, and and uh, so we do we do at least two or three community events every every year involving whoever nice. wants to participate. You know, feeding the homeless and processing uh, food at at uh, Feeding America uh, and things of that nature. And then the mm. fourth core value really is is performance. But we believe that if we take care of the first three performance will take care of itself. So, so if we provide exceptional hospitality to our guests, if we, if we remain people focused on our employee, on our team members, and we, and we support our community, then, then the, uh, the dollars will, will be there. Ignacio, uh, as co-founder and co-CEO, you know, you guys are the culture, right? You know, you establish it and and you nurture it. Tell me a little bit about what you personally do in, in building out and nurturing your company culture. You know, that's a great question because uh, one of the things that we found is when you're a small company and, you know, we had two restaurants and say 100 people, it's a lot easier to be able <laughs> to touch people one-on-one um, and, and you know, get the message out. Uh, as we've grown uh, very rapidly over the last few years and we're now up to 450 people, we'll probably be in the next couple of years we'll probably get to around 700 or, yeah. or so. Come on, um, double that. Yeah. yeah, double that. So so getting that message out is a lot more difficult and and and, and that's one of the struggles, you know, that we're doing. Mm. How do we how do we touch all these people? And you know, we can't do it physically. It's it's sure. impossible, you know. There's not enough hours in the day. So we're always trying to get creative or or think about okay, how do we spread our our, our word, right? You know, how do we get our message out? And that's through obviously training is a is a big part of that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, we do visit the restaurants as much as we can, and you know, talk to the folks. But we have offsite events, uh, you know, company events. So you know, that we have to talk about. We have quarterly meetings with our, with our management teams. Uh, we have weekly meetings with our with our senior management teams. Um, you know, so we uh, we have uh, we have corporate communications. We have a a uh, a. Uh, like an like an intranet, yeah, like company yeah. intranet where where everybody goes there for the training and everything. So so messages from us, you know, that's where they get posted. Um, you know, so we do the best that we can to still try to try to tell everybody, hey guys, this is what we do this, and 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 this is how we're gonna do things. This right. this right. how how we're gonna behave. This is how we treat each other. This is how we treat our guests, and this is why it's important to be a part of the community. Yeah. I think I think just to add to what Francesco was saying about our culture is that. What makes us a little bit different is that 
is that we don't focus on the performance. You know, we feel that if we if we show our guests a great experience, that if we take good care of our people, and that if we're a part of our community, then the profits really take care of themselves. You know, so we so we really focus on on the first three. Well, guys, uh, well, this will be another tool in your toolbox. You know, we've had over 70 CEOs on the program and many of them have 5,000 employees and more. <laughs> and this is a great, you know, they use it as part of their training, right? right. Get to know the CEO. So uh, that's right. that's we're a great glad point. we'll be able to add another tool there to help with your culture. But thank you. That's a, that's a great answer. And, you know, it is something that most CEOs spend something every, every day on because it is important to continue to keep that. Um, uh, Francesco, tell me a little bit about, you know, what you look for when you're investing bets or making bets on people you want to invest in? You know, that's a great question too. Uh, and we, you know, the great thing about having partners, by the way, is just, you know, you, you get to talk a lot about all these important things. You know, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I thank God every day for my partners because they're, they're big decisions. And Ignacio touched upon it, right? We're, we're, we get paid to make four or five very important decisions right. every day. And and having the right partner to, 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 to discuss those things and which is the mm. right decision is important. Um, you know, and I think on people as it relates to that, you know, skill sets are obviously very important and having mm-hmm. the right background, et cetera. But quite frankly, uh, we re- we've realized that really there's probably like two or three main things that we look for that, that really is, is, is the person really re- reflect the, the right fit for our core, for our culture as a company. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think cute. that's probably the most important component of it. It's almost mm-hmm. like that gets them in the door to, to, to kind of talk to us. And the second thing is really like, do they care? You know, do they care about what they do every day? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's something you can't, teach or train, you know, you, you can't, uh, I think Ig, Ig mentioned, Ignacio mentioned it at, at, at the big four firm. They, no one teaches you leadership, right? It's, it's, uh, you, you learn it on your, on your That's own. Right. You can't sometimes teach the it. hard way, <laughs> sometimes the hard way. Right. So, you know, I, I think, I think that if they fit our culture and they, and they care and, and, and I know Ig, you're probably going to mention some more things that I'm probably missing, but, and I think initiative, you know, I, I think that if, 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 uh, they, they just have these sort of, uh, core, personality traits mm-hmm. uh uh it's 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 the foundation that provides uh for 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 success you know then obviously the skill set is important and all those other things but those are things you can't really train ignacio what would you say is you know most unusual or, or perhaps unique about uh you know grove bay hospitality in terms of culture i think it's the fact that um our background uh, from the you know public accounting world and from these big uh, corporations, mm-hmm. uh, we and 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 the culture of professionalism that we've taken from that experience, and you know we've applied this into a you know into a hospitality in, industry or really a, a you know restaurant industry, yeah. which is which is sometimes known as a, yeah. as the wild west, right? So sure, um, so sure. so when we. Uh, it, it, so, you know, so it's an industry where dropping F-bombs in the kitchen and cursing mm-hmm. at each other is, is, you know, very commonplace. And, Not a lot and, of professionality. That's exactly right. And, you know, and, and, you know, we don't stand for that. So we've terminated individuals for, for cursing at somebody else, you know, that's not okay. So a lot of people that come with, uh, I don't want to say bad habits, but with that experience from previous restaurant employers are really shocked by that. And some of them can't conform to that. And others really love that because it's a, because it's a fresher breath air, you know, it's, it's something different. So, 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 so I think that's the biggest thing that, that we're, that we're bringing in our culture, uh, you know, you know, within this industry and, uh, and, you know, just the way that we treat and talk to each other and, you know, respect each other, you know, that's a big part of it. 
How do you interview and hire, Ignacio? Well, we use a a process called uh, top grading, which I'm sure you're familiar mm -hmm. with. Sure. It, it's uh, so it's a pretty lengthy process. Uh, um, it, you know, good. I'm glad to hear that. So many of my clients, you know, kind of go on face uh, value sometimes, and that's tough. Yeah. Listen, you know, hiring the right people is probably the most important thing that we can do on a daily basis. Uh, and, and, you know, hiring the wrong person has long lasting consequences. So we dedicate a lot of time making sure that we hire the right candidates. So, so with top grading is, you know, we start with phone screen interviews to make clear which, which candidates come back for the face to face. Then we do the top grading interviews, you know, by the hiring manager. Uh, and then if those candidates, uh, move on to the second interview, they get, uh, top graded by the uh, hiring manager. Then the, the, then the candidates have to arrange uh, reference calls uh, with the references that we choose, not the ones that they want to give right, us. Right. Uh, then they have to complete an online assessment. If they pass all the, if they pass all that, then for restaurant management candidates, then they have to do something that's called a stage, which in our, uh, which is restaurant lingo for basically doing a, a one day tryout internship or uh, at their position. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So so it's so it's a lot of different steps. You know. It's not easy. Getting so you hired. put all your your first level servers through that intensive. They go through everything except for the stage. Yeah, except for the stage. Wow, that's fantastic. Good. Well, very thorough. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great process. And initially, you know, sometimes our our team members had some pushback on it because they were only interviewing few candidates, and that's what their complaint was. But we tried to explain it to them uh, for them to understand that that um, you know. Fewer candidates isn't isn't a bad thing. It, it it means better candidates. So you you might be interviewing less people, but these people cut the mustard. So uh, it, it help it help uh, it helps uh, our process. You know, our industry has a very high uh, turnover in general, um, and we average uh, almost half of what the industry is. It's still high. It's still high. Wow. Our, our business. You know, we say it every day. We're in the people business. We're not in the restaurant business. Uh, yeah. Everything from guests to, to to our to our team members. Right. We deal with people every day. So, um, but, but, um, just for perspective again, what was the, what those retention numbers? You I think the industry, industry IG is about a hundred, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. So the industry yeah. is it, over a hundred, right? Over a yeah. hundred. We're about, we're about half, of half of that. Yeah. So it's, wow. That's fantastic. It's some, it's yeah, it's some scary numbers, but, but I mean, just, just do the uh, math, right? Even, even, even half, you know, it's, it's a lot of people that you've got to hire sure, every year. Absolutely. And you yeah, think about how many people constant. you have to interview. And so, you know, we, you have to have scalable processes and and, uh, and uh, SOPs in place to, right. to be able to do that. Well, Ignacio and Francesco, you guys have been very generous with your time. One last question I'd like to ask you both. And, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, if you can give me uh, different answers, that would be great. But if it's the same, uh, you know, I know you guys kind of finish each other's <laughs> sentences often. We've seen that today. Yeah. But let's start with you, Ignacio. What, you know, what, what career and life advice would you give to someone, you know, particularly that's looking to, you know, get into a partnership, right? I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. You know, uh, what was important as you look at, you know, your long-term, gosh, three odd years, you guys have known each other, you know, and, and if you really wanted to found your own company and, and, you know, be an entrepreneur and do that with someone else, what, what are some of the key values that, and advice you'd give to someone looking at that opportunity? Oh gosh, you know, I have a lot of things, but for somebody who's trying to look into starting their own thing, I think the most important thing early on is getting to business with the yeah. right people. I, I can't tell you sometimes the deals that don't get done are probably the best deals you ever have, you know, looking back and, 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 
if you if you have any doubt about the people that you're gonna get in business with, then really don't do it uh, because uh, you know you have to be able to trust them 100 percent and so on and so forth. And then you know, and then once that's done, it's really all about. Listen, failures are going to happen. They're going to happen every day. Small ones, you know, sometimes big ones. And it's just a matter of keeping, uh, you know, of just, of just plugging ahead and keep, you know, and keep working hard and, and, uh, and uh, keep, you know, keep moving forward and, and, and having faith in one's ability that, you know, we're eventually going to get there. Francesco, you've got the last word. So <laughs> uh, little successes. Uh, uh, mm. celebrate the little successes. Uh, the, there's no overnight success. Anyone that tells you that is lying to you right. and they're not seeing the, the hard work, effort, planning, uh, failures, uh, tenacity, everything that it took to get to where, where finally someone has acknowledged your success as an overnight success and it's not overnight. So, um, tenacity and, and, you know, one of our investors, uh, again, you, you said not, not to say the same thing, but you know, it, one of our investors has a great saying it, it's better in Spanish, but there's no, there's no bad business with good people and there's no good business with bad people. So say it in Spanish, uh, you know how to say it better than I do. Do you know, you know, how to <laughs> my, my Spanish is not uh, great, believe no, it or not. I think it's better in English. <laughs> say, yeah. It no, made I, it in translation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. But it's, it's, it's true. The people that you get in business with is, is huge. And, but um, but celebrate the small successes because it's 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 uh, you know and and have the tenacity to keep going. Well, you guys are a shining example, Ignacio Garcia Manacal and Francesco Bali. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office as co CEOs of Grove, Grove Bay Hospitality. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.